What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me once again, Mark Francis. Mark, I missed you, man. Yeah, how are you? I'm good. I am here this week and ready to roll. How was your week off? Week off was good. Had a, uh, a little bit of a what my wife calls a boondoggle. So I okay. took Pierce, my younger son, to a lake house oh, wow. with a couple other guys and their son. So it's kind of like a little fatherhood kind of getaway for a couple of days. So that's awesome. Unfortunately, it did rain for a little bit, but you know what? You can still have fun Feels inside. Good, and so, we, hey, tell you, we had like a, it's not quite a polar bear plunge, but it was a pouring rain, go plunge, just go jump in the lake after dinner. So <laughs> that worked awesome. out really well. Yeah. Good, good. Well, good to be back, man. Uh, and then joining Sounds us. Sounds like a good weekend. Joining yep. us again, uh, Pastor John Morrison. John, how you doing, brother? I'm doing great, Caleb. Thanks awesome. very much. Absolutely. John, I don't know if you know this, but last week your computer died right at the perfect moment during the podcast. I did. It, I, I, it I was, died as we were saying goodbye, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I was doing the outro and you just disappeared. And so Alicia and I were kind of like, is he mad? Is he mad at us? <laughs> like, was that a passive aggressive? Finally, I'm done with this podcast. But no, I was glad to hear that it just, it just died. Um, yeah. I got to go to West Oaks with you for lunch yesterday. Yes, you did. It was that very was nice delicious. That I, that was, time there. I hadn't been there in years and it's super sweet. The food is very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, wor- a really worthwhile lunch stop. And I, I've been there for weddings a number of times, but that was the first time to go out at lunch. It was good. So let me ask you this. It was, it was, so me and Ben went with you and, and Scott and Don were there, but we ate with Mike Lukens and Pastor Mark. How often are you pastors ragging on each other? What's the ratio of joking with each other to not joking with each other? <laughs> well, if you ask Rich Brito, he might say it's 90%. Uh, <laughs> but really, honestly, it, the majority of it is... Uh, Mark Carey and me. That's what I figured. Um, the, the other guys duck quite a bit, but yeah. um, it definitely there's there's a fair share of ragging. There yeah. definitely I, is. Yeah, there, I do a, notice you, you do mention Mark a lot, and you've been mentioning Mark a lot in your sermons and even the podcast. And I, I really ask for that clarification because, you know, my name is Mark <laughs> also. And, you know, there's, you know, if I'm up on stage doing worship or something, I, I, I'm just gonna have to duck and run because there's bullets flying all around us, I think. Of Anybody named you. Mark is bound to get hit. <laughs> well, yeah. see, here's, here's the deal. Mark and I used to be able to tease each other about football back when we both had football teams. And so we could uh, get up and, you know, one time I finished praying an intro to a sermon and um, I finished praying and uh, I, I made the point right off. I said, I'm not the type to gloat. I'm not the type to brandish, you know, a victory <laughs> as if it was a weapon. And meanwhile, I had a PowerPoint going up on the side screens flashing the score from the te- from Texas beating Nebraska the day before. So when we don't have football, we've got to find what we can to give each other say, a hard time. I guess it just gets more personal when there's no sports involved. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> I love awesome. those guys. But all right, well, why don't we go ahead and jump into a weekend in review again? Thank you so much to our listeners and our viewers for for joining us each and every week, uh, including my man Tim, uh, who had some nice words to share with me at the voting booth yesterday uh, for the primaries. Uh, it was good to talk to you. 
is just our opportunity to dive into uh, the sermon of the past weekend. And so, Pastor John, I know we've been kind of going through Ephesians 4. Why don't you uh, unpack a little bit for us and kind of introduce us to where you were this past weekend? Uh, and then, you know, Mark and I, we can kind of go from there and kind of talk about what we saw. Okay. Well, that previous week, we looked at verses 1 through 6 of chapter 4, which was a focus on the unity of the body as a means by which God's glory is revealed. And unity really in that case is, says that it comes about by some character that we develop by walking the way in a manner worthy of our calling with humility and gentleness and so forth. And we transitioned from that into verse seven and we went verses seven through 16. Mm -hmm. And in that section, we looked at three things. Number one, we looked at the fact that Jesus Christ gave gifts to the body of Christ, every single person in the body. Uh, it says in verse 7, to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Um, and then when it speaks a little bit later down in verse 12, when he says that these leaders are meant to equip the saints, it means all the saints for the work of ministry. And then it talks later in the passage about the fact that we are all to grow together uh, through what every joint supplies and the proper working of each individual part. So you see how he moves from unity in verses one through six, unity of the whole, to the role of each individual part. And so that section seven through 16 is an emphasis on the, the role that each individual person who is a believer in a local body has to bringing about maturity in the body. And if I could say those three sections, it would be like this, verses seven through 10, focuses on the giving of the gifts in the midst of the victory of Christ. The giving of the gifts in the midst of the victory of Christ, which in itself is a really interesting thing in case we get into it later. Just the idea that we all know Jesus had a victory, but isn't it interesting that in this passage, instead of focusing on Jesus in his triumphs, is Jesus in his triumph handing out gifts to the body because he had a purpose for us. That to me is a remarkable thing. And then, the, and then the next section, if you will, is really just one verse or maybe two, if you want to put it that way, namely that he gave these foundational gifts of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teachers to equip the saints for the work of service such that the body of Christ be built up. So that's our second section. If the first one is, Jesus came in victory and handed out gifts to the body. Now we have, and those gifts to the body start with these foundational gifts that exist to equip people to do the work of ministry. And then that brings us to the third section, which is the role that every one of us has in bringing about true maturity in the body. It begins in verse 13 and it says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God until we all attain to the mature man, to the measure of the stature belonging to the fullness of Christ. Uh, that's the way we're not like children. That's the way that we can be what the whole body is meant to be. And what excites me about that, I mentioned in one of this, I don't know how, if I mentioned it in all three of them, but I mentioned I was really scared when I learned this truth because it meant that me, Joe Christian, been a believer two and a half years gladly learning from the people who taught me, the pastors who taught, my brothers and sisters who were more mature than I was, I was picking up from them. I was learning how to share my faith. I was learning how to have a daily walk with God. 
I was content with things that way. But when this was taught to me, I realized, wait a minute, there's a responsibility that God has meted out to every single Christian, including me. And I remember thinking that was a really bad idea because <laughs> if God was going to count on me to serve, man, I'm going to screw it up. I'll say something wrong. I'll do something wrong. And, uh, and that's why I think this passage is so remarkable because it basically is saying, Jesus knows my weaknesses and still he gave me gifts and still he wants me to play a role in the body. And if I don't play it, the body will never reach its potential. Well, and I like the way you're, you're speaking to the responsibility that, that is put on us to kind of figure that out. And I know you had mentioned it in the 11 o'clock, um, but I liked what you had said at the beginning of talking about it. It's mentioning unity in the body of Christ, but not uniformity. So yes. we've got to figure out that, that keyword each and how we all can be like, whoa, okay, how is God going to work through me? Um, because I, I think when we stumble upon ambiguity in the Bible, I think it's because for the most part, we're hitting that application threshold where we got to start to look at our own life. That's say, great. Hey, wow, how do I apply this now? Um, and, and I think it's really cool the way you kind of flesh that out. That did uh, kind of pose a question in my mind. You had mentioned um, – if it happened in which service or what you said, um, and maybe it varies per pastor or per topic, but is there a, a variance in, in what you bring up in each service? Um, like compared to like <laughs> nine o'clock or an 11 o'clock? Does that, does that question? You know, the, the some, people you see out there watching. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. <laughs> somebody else asked me, it's interesting you say that because somebody else asked me that yesterday. And I think that was the first time I've been asked it, but now you're bringing it up again. Um, really what happens, you get up and give the message as best you're able on Saturday right. night. And in my case, I don't know about the other guys, but I pretty well write out a script okay. of what I would like to be able to say, but I don't look at the script much. I bring it up with me, but I don't look at it much because I need to focus on the text mm -hmm. and focus on the people and focus on what the Lord, you know, hopefully is leading me to. So as a result, when you finish that first sermon, you go, what did I leave on the cutting room floor <laughs> that I really wish had come out? Yeah. But then there were some things I left out on Saturday night that I would have liked to have said. Unfortunately, I was seven and a half to eight minutes long. And so I thought, that's perfect, I can't man. add anything. Hey, that's so perfect. Gonna, that's I'm what that is there for. They're the litmus test. Let them, let them get the rough draft. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that helped me cut some things out and massage it a little bit. And then nine and 11, they were close, but they were also a little different. So it's funny how sometimes yeah. your messages really seem like they're almost exactly the same, you know, very, and then other ones where it changes a bit. So, Hey, we still yeah. value the Saturday night people, you know, it doesn't mean that do. if of you come, you're the JV audience, you know, <laughs> not, not what we're saying here. That sounds like an F3. That sounds like an F3 campus pastor talking yeah, to me. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, what about you? Where were, where were you this weekend? What did the Lord put you on? Know, it's funny because John has mentioned a couple of different times in his sermons how this passage or this chapter has really been meaningful to him over his life. And I've known about Ephesians 4 and I've studied it and I've even gone through the ecclesiology course here at FBC. But hearing just even this past two weeks of where, John, you've been, this whole idea of how do I apply this to my life has been more and more real. And, hmm. and how how do I how can I contribute to the body? What am I doing? And then how can I call others around me to help 
bring them along yes. to, to be yes. a part of the body. And that, that to me is so vital because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of the church and I'm also in the real world with a different job as well. So I kind of see the inner workings of being on staff and what you can yes. potentially be in a, in a bubble. <laughs> and then yes. I also see the world of how, what regular Christians do. Yes. And, and the, the, the unique thing that I'm hearing out of these last couple of weeks, and maybe even where we're going to go this coming week, John, is that those, what you would consider regular people, these mm-hmm. regular Christians who are out there living their lives have just as valuable of a, a, of a calling as yes. a pastor does. As yes. in, you know, as the pastor says, you know, apostle, disciple, you know, and, and so that, that concept of what are we all doing in the real world to, to be a light to the community, to be a witness to somebody else, to, to glorify God. Um, you know, it could be a, we could be a thumb, we could be an eye, we could be an, an ear, we could be a, you know, as that passage talks about the parts of the body, it's so valuable for us to, to recognize that we're one individual but collectively, when we're all in the Winchester yeah. community together, when we're in Shenandoah County, when we're, we're living our lives, you know, there's so many times I do bump into people at Costco <laughs> or something like that, and they recognize me, and, and I talk to them, or, or even a, a, and just kind of that collaboration that you just get a chance to experience each other in, in the town. You know, and just a quick story also, you know, there have been multiple times where I'll bump into somebody and I'll say, I go to FBC. Like, oh, do you know such and such a person? And I'm like, sure, they're the nicest people. You know, he helped me do this and that. And we get those stories. Oh, I'm sure all of you guys have that. Yeah. Of just, yeah. yeah and, and there is the negative side too. Oh, I, you know, I don't, I don't like to affiliate yeah. with that kind of person. But it, for 99% of the time, it is positive yeah. where, you know, we are being a light to the community. The name Fellowship Bible Church represents something. It represents Christ. And so that application of how do we live our lives, I think is, is so valuable to, to encourage people that we are meaningful, <laughs> we are valuable in how we shine that light. Mark, I think that captures what you said, captures what really all of Ephesians 4 is about. Ephesians 4 is one of the most highly applicational chapters in the entire Bible. Mm-hmm. It comes after three chapters of doctrine laying the foundation of what does it mean to be in Christ? What does it mean that the church exists? Uh, in what way is it meant to trumpet to the world the glory of God? I mean, Ephesians 1 through 3 is really high doctrine. It's very readable. It's not, it's not um, as complicated as some parts of the Bible. It's, it's pretty straightforward, but it's largely a doctrine without much application at all. And it begins applying right with verse 1 of chapter 4. And what you just got through saying, if, I think if a person wanted to summarize chapter 4, it's really what you said in the first 15 or 20 seconds there. Namely, mm-hmm. every single believer is called by God to a purposeful existence, which when contributed to the whole rest of the body of Christ, magnifies his glory and causes marvelous things to happen. I remember being on a car ride, long car ride, uh, you know, 10 hours or better with one of our elders and one of our young men who was finishing his last semester of college. And the elder and I had invited him to a conference. Uh, he was very involved in ministry um, throughout, really, throughout high school and college. Just a really solid guy. 
and he was wrestling with career options. And uh, he had thought quite a bit about maybe doing something in ministry and in terms of full-time ministry for work. And the other elder and I were asking him, why is that? Why, why do you, you know, that's great. I mean, you're a gifted guy, but what is it about full-time ministry that draws you? And he said, well, it seems to me that that's pretty much the only way you can really serve God uh, in a kind of sincere full-time way. And we both, wow. uh, the elder, the elder yeah. who had lived a career, who had had a career of 35 years in the business world, but serving Christ from day one, hmm. he, and thankfully he was in a better position than I, because I told him, <laughs> that's just not right. And then this elder yeah. said, that's just not right. And we began sharing with him. And it was really interesting because he said later that gave him freedom to realize that God might have given him other gifts in other places, but that he could serve fully. And see, the real thing is the body of Christ's impact is not going to be tied directly to a pastor or directly to a, another person in professional ministry. I'm not saying that won't have an effect. It will. Our church, for example, has been blessed by 30 years with Mark Carey as senior pastor. He's been a great blessing to me, and I know to thousands of others. But the real significance of a church is what's going on with a 15-year-old boy over here who knows Christ and says, I want to walk with Christ more than just be a Christian. Or this 26-year-old woman who is, is in the working world and says, I want, I want to be able to at least be faithful to God's call on me, whatever I'm doing within the body. It's those when they get added together that the body of Christ is really impactful. So the more people yeah. could understand that, the more they can understand the holiness of their call. And, and instead of this whole professional ministry thing, you know, uh, just so many Christians think that it's people up in front who are the significant ones. We're hopefully just serving everybody else to equip all of us to do the work of ministry together. So man, if I anything, I just want to encourage people to say, God has placed you in those positions to be a light in that specific world. And, and so, you know, I think of my wife in, in the Shenandoah University world and, and how she can be a light around people and, and she impacts other people. And there's maybe a, a handful of believers she knows, but for the most part, you know, they're not believers. And so how can she be a witness for that? You know, I think of other people who are in that same boat and, and not to get discouraged. That would be my hope that people can realize that we are called to that kind of purpose to be a light and to, to shine the light of Christ yeah. in that spot and that yeah. we're called to do it. And that's, and that's our, that's our calling. You know, that, that's the reason for this sermon series. Yeah. The church and what are we called to do? What are we to be about? Well, and it's so yeah. that, so that God will be glorified. I mean, Mark, you talk about how somebody will see somebody or have a connection to FBC. It's, it's almost rarely, Oh, I'm a Christian because of that person. Uh, mm -hmm. We almost don't want to hear that because everyone's a Christian because of what Christ did. But, but mm -hmm. what does stand out is, oh, that person helped me mow my yard when I broke my leg. Or, you know, it's those smaller things that are standing out of their mind that starts to show, wow, there's something different about them. And, and that's just the Holy Spirit at work. And, and one thing mm -hmm. that was comforting for me to realize, probably, probably late teenage years, was 
my evangelism efforts or my pursuit of a conversation with somebody about God is never in vain. If, if they don't have a conversion moment, you know, there's, there's the planting of the seed. There, there's the ability of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, Pastor Dennis likes to use the analogy of putting a rock in their shoe. So they, they're walking different and it's, it's with them. They're, they're, now they're <laughs> asking a tough question uh, and thinking about God more than they were before you encountered them. And I just think that's, that's really cool. Uh, Pastor John, I like uh, the, the four questions you brought up at the end of your sermon. And when, when you brought them up, I was like, this is like Christian journaling 101 and the final thesis of, of, of application <laughs> questions all built yeah. into one. Do you know yeah. Christ? Are you pursuing unity? Are you growing in that? And then what do I do next? You know, it's, yeah. I had a conversation with Pastor Don about uh, sermonic application versus implementation. Uh-huh. Where, you know, your job, Pastor John, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it, it's not to figure out the implementation for every single one of our lives. You have hundreds no. of people sitting there. That's you right. give a, a broad biblical application, and then it's up to us to ask ourselves these questions. Put yeah. a web of our life on it, on a, whether it's in our mind or on a piece of paper or in prayer, and figure out where does the rubber meet the road. I think the rubber meets the road farther away from the pulpit than many people realize. Oh, amen. And and really what you're highlighting is the principle of personalization, hmm. the principle that God's word, That's although good. it's to all of God's people, it's built to be personally applied to every one of us. And any of us who sits back and says, that's interesting information, we have, we have aborted the purpose of the word of God being proclaimed. The purpose of the word of God being proclaimed is not to make us, as others have said, smarter sinners. It's meant to help us as we hear it, and we say, where am I in that picture? I, one of my very favorite things that I hear people say, uh, and I've heard this for years, not just when I teach or preach, but more often with Don and Mark and others who preach, um, they will tell me, uh, and, it's, and, and I, I hear it more from people who are somewhat new to the church, um, but people will say to me, uh, you know, Dennis McNutt was preaching this thing from the Gospel of John, and I felt like he had set the whole thing up just for me. <laughs> and yet they've never met Dennis McNutt. And so whenever you hear somebody say that something was proclaimed that actually hit them where they were, you know that's the Holy Spirit, and that's a heart that was soft to it. I had a lady in Nigeria a year and a half ago when James and I went uh, to do some teaching together. And uh, one of the things I prayed for is, Lord, I don't know what people in Nigeria, their life story, you know, I'll share the word of God, but you have to help make this implementable Mm -hmm. in their life. You have to make this something that they can identify with. Because I might say a story about something and people are going, what is he talking about? (laughs) You know, what's Starbucks uh, kind of a thing. And well, anyway, this lady came up to me on the second or third day and she, with this wonderful lilting Nigerian English accent says, uh, which I won't try to emulate as much as I'm tempted. uh, She said, um, Pastor John, my husband and I, I hope you don't mind, but I reached over to him while you were speaking with my arm, and I hit him with my arm and said, how did he know what was happening in our house last night? (laughs) I mean, I just, that's God's word. If God's word is presented and hearts are soft to God, 
they will find plenty to implement in their lives. So when you bring that up, what you're really talking about is the personalization of the word of God. And, and if that's not happening to us, if what right. you just described is not happening, it will not be a failure of God. Right. It, it might be a failure of us not doing our job, but it also, we have to ask the question, is my heart soft towards Lord? Am I open to him convicting and guiding and encouraging and strengthening? Because if I'm not, if I'm resisting him at the spiritual level, I'm going to get bored to tears mm-hmm. and not find and, very much that's useful. And, you know, even as like a local church level, you know, Fellowship Bible Church, we're still a collection of a couple thousand people. And I think in the sermon that I heard you say, John, you know, Fellowship Bible Church is known as a, as a teaching church. You know, are there things that we do really well and are there things that we don't do well? I'm kind of glad you didn't really get into many details of things we don't do well, because that really is an individual personal basis, right? Yes. I mean, and God is yes. a God of unity and a God yes. of completion. And, yes. and as we all grow individually, collectively, we shouldn't be lacking in anything. And so yes. what yes. you're saying is that the personalization that somebody's going to hear from a sermon should yes. impact them to change, should yes. impact yes. Yes. them yes. To, to spiritual growth which then will impact the entire body. And so if we are lacking in one certain area, maybe God will bring us together to, to grow us in that. You know, well, you, and, you, used a, you used a great word. You used the word completion. Completion mm-hmm. is exactly the, that's the single word that was summarized verses 14 through 16. Hmm. It's the idea that the body of Christ has become complete to its purpose. There's a Greek word, teleos, T-E-L-E-O-S. And it's usually translated perfect. It's sometimes translated complete. But the idea behind teleos is the thing for which a thing was designed. You know, it's like, um, you know, if you get to see a, a, uh, a golden eagle, I mean, a, a, a uh, that's not the right word. What is it called? I mean, I'm talking bald about, a, I mean, a bald eagle. Bald you eagle? see a bald yeah. eagle. Yeah, I think about the first ones that I, that I saw out in West Virginia, just uh, west of us, about 40 miles on a train that we took. Um, when you see them soaring, you pause for a minute. Because you're seeing something doing what it was built to do. You know, I, I've, I've been sailing before where dolphins have, have uh, come right along our, our, our bow line. And they have ridden the wake of the sailboat right alongside of us in this playful kind of a way where you could reach out and touch them. And you look at them swim and you say, that's what they were built for. And when I think about the way God designed things, he designed them to accomplish very specific purposes. And when the body is complete, that is when the things you were just talking about happen, like when each person says, I wonder what God's got for me and steps into it and completion happens, what's gonna happen is people on the outside will go, there's something about that church and it won't just be about the teaching. It'll be about, you know, the young people from that church have been the best racial reconciliators at their high school. Uh, the, the, the people from that church have been the best at hiring people and training them who were in a position that maybe they didn't have as good an opportunity before. Why? Because that's what God's like. He's this restorative God and he speaks to different hearts. You know, we're, 
if all we're known for is one or two things, then I'm convinced that means that the whole body is not functioning because, because in a sense we're imbalanced. So I think that's exactly right. The idea of completion. But almost at the same time though, we all are imperfect people, you know, and we're in this process of growing and every church is imperfect. And so you can't, you can't, beat yourself up for not feeling that completion. And, and I've heard people say this too, you know, the church has failed in many ways. Well, that's true, but each one of us has failed individually Amen. in many ways. So you can't, I mean, you, you can't look at the overall global church or personal individual church and just beat ourselves up for failing right. in areas that we think God has called us to. Well, he's, his standard is perfect and we're not there yet. Right. So it, it, it's still, there's a light at the end of the tunnel that we can still reach that perfection, but know that well, being doesn't, completed that, doesn't, that in that. Us, doesn't that bring us back to the gospel, though? Yeah. You know, we do with the church what we do individually, where God shows us that we've fallen short. We Beating ourselves up is a waste of time because Jesus was already beaten for us. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make us any more righteous. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we go to the Lord and say, Lord, we've been a little weak in this area of transracial relations or in helping the poor or in whatever the implementation is that God is laying on our hearts and helping us see what he wants to do. But that's not a cause for judgment in some harsh way or arrogant way of, Oh, these people are, you know, if we're doing that, we're forgetting gospel. The gospel is meant to make me know that I've got another day. It's, It's grace. If God convicts me, it's not so he can beat me up. Right. I was well into my 40s before I understood that. When when I would be what I thought was convicted by the Holy Spirit of this and then this and then this and then this, I assumed that was the Holy Spirit because I was, man, I was like, oh, I'm not good at this or I'm failing this. I came to realize that was the enemy hmm. because the enemy makes accusations against the brethren day and night. What the Holy Spirit does is he convicts about something And he invites me where repentance is required or where trust is required or where some sort of shift is required, but he doesn't beat me up. When the enemy will define you by those things, it'll, it'll say, that's who you are. And and when the church fails, what it's doing is succeeding and showing a need for a savior, right? Like that, that idea of we, again, imperfect people leading, there we go. It's going to be inevitable. And so to your point, Mark, as we pursue that walk of sanctification, our performance, our desire to be like Christ, we must be careful not to create our own success sheet or our own measure. You know, it's so easy for us to, to fall into comparison or fall into measuring. And, and by our own standards, by any standards, we will not meet them. And that comes down to, again, I mean, 95% of, the, the, of biblical road bumps to come down to an identity issue, right? Do you realize who you are in Christ or who you can be in Christ? I think that's, I think that's huge. Yep. But. Well, thank you guys so much for, for being here this morning. Um, Mark, yeah. I don't know if we have anything to, to throw their way news-wise before we, before we get out of here. I, I mean, news-wise, so we are having a, a gathering after the Saturday night service for Shenandoah County Church Plant. Right. So be prayerful for that. And if you live in that area, definitely um, come to the cool. Saturday service. It's called something cool. You remember what it's called? Oh, wow. Now you're- I, I know wish it. I, I know knew. it. I know it. I, I got you, Mark. It's you tell me. All right. Dessert. Oh, there that's you go. Well, that makes that makes sense. I of course. Cool. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, that's that's definitely this coming week. And again, e- events are very limited. So it's right. it's still going to the website to find out where things are. Um, I really think that the next foreseeable 
several weeks we'll be inside and continuing to try to figure out this whole gap regathering process. Um, so just uh, bear with us, have grace, and then have grace towards others as you come, you know, wearing the mask and entering the building and being ushered in and ushered out. And I kind of mock people in Fellowship 3. I was like, what does it feel like not sitting in your regular seat? <laughs> because you were, you were told to sit there. They all and, have the names carved into the back. Fine. Yeah. You know, so, right. So just, again, walking yeah. with grace along the way each week and uh, continuing to encourage others to share that, hey, we're doing things as safe, as healthy and respectful people as possible. So that's, awesome. uh, that's the framework there. Cool. And Pastor John, thank you for being with us. I think you'll be with us for one more week here, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. Okay. And, and I would just want to add about the Shenandoah County plant. I think that's a really good application to what we just got through speaking about. Um, if you think about it, the people who are looking at planting a church in Shenandoah County are not people who don't already have a church available to them. They're coming here. Uh, they're not already, they're not people who aren't already being ministered to. They are. But what they're realizing is, wait a minute, if God has gifted me and if I'm to bloom where I'm planted, well, I happen to be planted in Shenandoah County. And if we can work together the way this passage talks about doing the work of the ministry, we can actually create a brighter light in Shenandoah County. And so in a sense, if you think about it, planting churches is a natural extension of people who out of a desire to glorify God, move towards unity, exercise their gifts, and ultimately make the church more complete. And so I look at it, and I just think this is like a, like a one-on-one application and yeah. so I hope that people who live down in that area, Warren, Shenandoah County, I hope people will really consider, wow, this might be a ground floor opportunity for me to serve the Lord. And uh, not that I don't like Fellowship Bible, not that I don't appreciate what I gained there, but what if whatever I've gained at Fellowship Bible could be distributed to some of my friends and family members and others within our region? Uh, I, I just think it's a neat application that the elders each and, person doing their part, not relying on a pastor or a staff to do the work of the ministry for them coming together to, to build up the body. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Good well, thank you both. You yeah. Thank you both so much for being here again. Uh, thank you so much to our viewers on YouTube and listeners across all podcast services. Uh, just a reminder, you can go to fbcva.life slash sermon spotlight uh, and send in any questions or thoughts you might have. It's been Cool to hear from you guys, and just so you know that that outlet's there to get more connected. Uh, the fact of the matter, everybody, is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless. Mm -hmm.